there's just a thousand steps you don't think about before flowers go out the door. And so, you know, people think, oh, I want to be a florist. Like, that's so fun. You work with flowers. And then they're up to their knees and like thorns and everything else. And they're like, this is hard work. What do you want to do with your life? What do you want to do with your life? What do you want to do with your life? Understandably, a tough question for any 20-something to answer. So join me, your host, Taylor Marks of the Rise Year Podcast, as I talk with some cool people about what they do and occasionally go on long rants of my own about the pains of growing up. Today's guest is Ashley Bookout, lead designer and owner of Bookout Bloom's Flower Shop. It was July of 2015. I was working as a paralegal at Lowe's corporate office in Mooresville. And I had worked several paralegal jobs and I was just kind of not not finding my happiness doing corporate work. And a lot of my friends at the time were getting married. I had an interest in flowers and I always had flowers around. So I offered to do their wedding flowers just, you know, as just as a gift for them. And it was like three people in a row in the span of like two months that I did the wedding flowers for just on the side, not for payment, just for fun. And everybody at the weddings was like, this is gorgeous. Like you need to do this. This is awesome. So I, I told my husband, I was like, people are telling me I should do this. Like, I think I need to take out a loan and maybe get something going. And it was at that point where a good friend from high school ran a little store in Atherton market. And she said, we, we, we have a need for a florist and there's a space open ready for you. So it was, it was all of those things kind of aligned to where I just kind of jumped in looking back on it now. I don't think I would have had the courage to like, just go for it. But I guess that's part of just like being young and naive and just, just, just wanting to do anything other than what I was doing at the time, which was just corporate head down, do your work. So we started in July and every single year we've, we've been able to um, do more and more business. We've gained corporate contracts. I teach classes. Like I said, we do everyday arrangements, funerals, weddings, the whole gambit. So it's been really, it's been really um, eye-opening as far as running a small business, but it's been also very fulfilling. So we're going to kind of backtrack and then we'll work our way back. So did you go to university then for like to become a paralegal? And then that was like your traditional kind of trajectory path? Yes. So I was an English major at UNC Charlotte. And I started working as a paralegal for just one attorney. We did wills and estates and that was cool. But, you know, you just want to keep moving up and up and up. And so then I got a job at Michael A. DeMeo law office and we did, you know, personal injury, social security, stuff like that. And then I went for a job at Lowe's and got hired at Lowe's. And I thought, wow, this is like, you know, I'm, I'm working at Lowe's as a paralegal in the legal department. I mean, it's a beautiful campus and everything like that. But quickly, I quickly realized that it wasn't as fulfilling. But yes, I went to UNC Charlotte as an English major. I got my paralegal certification in North Carolina. You have to have a certification and then just jumped in from there. What was your mindset getting an English degree? And then were you just doing it to do it or was there something? Yeah, I had no, I have no idea. I, yeah, I was doing English with a British literature minor and 
I don't think anybody really knows when they're like 18 or 19. Like, you know, I, I, I enjoyed reading, so <laughs> I don't know. I studied abroad in England and you just never know where things will take you. But I think the English background set me up to do legal work. So then you opened your store or you started working. What, what was the hardest part initially about kind of getting started and getting it up and running rather than just like having your friends who had events for you to, to plan? Yeah, so I was really lucky in the fact that initially I didn't really have much overhead. The rent was cheap. That's why I kind of just jumped right into it. The rent was cheap. I mean, of course, the flowers was my main expense, but I found it really difficult to market myself and to really like put my brand out there because I didn't even have social media on my own. I know it's, it's weird to say, but I didn't even have a Facebook or anything like that. And cause it just didn't interest me. I wasn't into like looking at social media and stuff like that. But everybody said, you have to be on social media. You have to be on Instagram. You have to show your product. And I totally agree. So that was the initial kind of hardship in the beginning was like marketing yourself and kind of like, it's kind of like cringe to me to kind of be like, come see me today and buy flowers and look at what we have. And, but I had to kind of get over that and to make myself put put the brand out there first and kind of just dive in I feel like there is a big disconnect because if you're not into social media how yeah. you adapt to that is like like pulling teeth because you're like oh my gosh I don't want to do it for myself but you obviously know the benefits that it has for your company um, yeah. in the long run and so you kind of just have to bite the bullet and and do it anyway have you seen that that's been like the biggest pull for you getting people coming into the shop and people, you know, booking you for events and stuff? Oh, yeah. I mean, it works wonders. You get a few of the bloggers that have a lot of followers. And the, the one girl, Queen City Chic is her name. She used to come by at the market a lot when I first started out. And I would just give her a rose here and there and she would post about it. And I would see my followers go up and up and up. And so I was like, oh, this is awesome. So then I would try to reach out to bloggers to kind of put it on them. So I didn't have to be the one kind of like pushing myself out. I would do it to the bloggers say, hey, come by. I have a flower crown or, you know, can I give you this or an arrangement? And so they would kind of do my dirty work. But now I've got some assistants that kind of post and do stuff like that. So it's not really, it's not my first choice. It's not my, what I love to do. For arranging in general, like, how do you, how, like, you seem to like, you have a natural ability to do it, but is like, it's obviously like an art form of of sorts. So how does one get better at it? Yeah. So, you know, what you should put together, should not put together. It's, it's something that I, um, I experimented a lot in the beginning. My style is a lot different than what you'd see on like a 1-800-Flowers or even just like the, the grocery store style type bouquets. I try to make mine very interesting. And like when people walk by the window, I, I definitely want them to take a second look. So I try to include stuff that is that you don't see normally. If it's like little bits of lavender or just something that's interesting, it's just them wanting something different than what they're seeing usually. If they knew anything about me and my brand and my store, they would know that I, I don't use carnations, you know, stuff like that. So 
it takes kind of a while to get used to the flowers and what goes with what. But other than that, I kind of ba I kind of base my um, popularity and sales and stuff just about being different and interesting with the look. Mm -hmm. So was that just kind of over time you progressed and you kind of built in like this is your style and then that's kind of like what you've gone for and then do you allow for the space like in the future to maybe change that um, go along? So I whenever I, I watch movies and I see like especially like reality shows and people living in huge mansions I always take note of their their florals around even in restaurants I always take note of the florals around and if it's something that catches my I'm like oh I take note and I make sure to work that in to my to my scheme or whatever just because I just want to get that one thing that stands out you know whether it's using an herb or a pine cone or so something different you know so over time yeah it's evolved what's the process like for getting flowers and like sourcing them and then basically getting them into your shop and then getting them out into the world. So it's the hardest part about the, the business is ordering, knowing what to order, knowing how much to order. So if you, if you're on the, if you're on the line for a big 200 person wedding and they want these specific flowers, you have to know how many to order to satisfy, you know, all those wedding, all those people and all, and all the tables. Um, so it can get really tricky. You know, roses come in packs of 25, hydrangeas come in boxes of 40. So, you know, you're constantly doing like, okay, if I'm going to make, so I make a recipe and I'll say, in this arrangement, I'm going to have five roses. I'm going to have three hydrangeas. I'm going to have, a, you know, half a bunch of this, half a bunch of that. And that'll help me kind of price it out in my mind so I can give the customer a price. And then I can go and tally about how many packs or bunches I'll need. But it gets really confusing. And I'll tell you, a lot of trial and error. That was probably one of the hardest things that I had to get down was knowing how to order and ordering enough. Or sometimes I would order too much. And I've, I've got like 300, like for my first Valentine's Day, I ordered way too much. And I had 300 roses left over, you know, and it's like, whoa. So it's just all about kind of getting in the groove of knowing how to order. And most of the flowers, um, especially in the wintertime, things like that come from South America. Beautiful roses, garden roses. I mean, you can get anything year round. They're, they're always growing somewhere. Holland, I get flowers from Japan. There's a market all over the world. It was kind of interesting during the pandemic when everything shut down initially you could not get flowers because of the situation with the cargo and, you know, passing the border and things like that. So that was a struggle in the beginning. But once I learned how to order and how to get like the recipes down for the arrangements, it was so much easier because that was a really hard hurdle to, to get over. Do you just like go online and you look up wholesale <laughs> for flowers or like flower distributors or like how do you find so it, It's really best if you have a local wholesaler because you want to see your product, right? Like if you get some rinky dink wholesaler and they send you some stuff, it could be, you, 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 I have to have a personal relationship with them. So because I'm ordering so much, it, it's important that the, the quality is there. So I have a personal relationship with three wholesalers that are local. And so that way, if there's any issue, I can just call them up, be like, hey, these roses, they got spots all over them, you know, like, what's up? Oh, okay, yeah, bring them back. We'll give you some more. 
And so they've really helped me along the way. And it's good to have a few, you know, you can't just have one because it's like, oh, they're out. Well, too bad. So there's, there's a few different places around town that I've just had a really good relationship in the past years that have really helped me with my, with my growing pains also. Do you have future plans to open more stores and, and anything in that regard? Or are you set on having the one store and just kind of expanding with like events and whatnot? Yeah. So unfortunately the store next door to me, it was the bridesmaid store. It sold bridesmaids dresses. They just went out of business. And so I'm, I'm in talks to moving next door because more heat, more workspace is, is what I have in mind for 2021. Before the pandemic, what was really blasting off and taking off were our classes. People loved coming to the store, doing the class. We would do make wreaths. We would make arrangements. We would make flower crowns, you know, bring a bottle of wine and a friend. Sometimes people would like just talk the whole time and didn't even do it. And then they made me do it at the end, but it's all good. But that was really taking off. And I was able to, companies were inviting me into their space to do it for their clients and things like that. So I was really hoping to expand that aspect of my business because I do really love like teaching and working hands-on with people who are like, you would think, you know, I do this every day, it's come so easy for me. And then some people are like, wow, I didn't know I could do this you know, at the end, they're like, I can't believe I made this. This is amazing. That part for me is so fulfilling, but the pandemic kind of just shut it down. So hopefully I can expand that way, whether it's virtual. I don't, I don't know. Virtual is kind of, I don't know. With hands-on stuff, it's hard to do virtual. What do you want people to take away from your bouquets or your arrangements and whether it's you know just the ones they pick up from the shop or they see you you know out at the market or if it's you know at a wedding or some sort of event yeah I'd love for them to just to just think wow I mean this is this is something I haven't seen before I usually like I said try to incorporate something interesting or something fragrant you know it like some flowers are just have that such a sweet smell that you can't forget it I've never received flowers like this before i I want to go back there or I want to find flowers like this again. That would be my ultimate goal. And then just to see the reaction from people, I mean, doing funerals, weddings, all these life events, those pictures and the the weddings, I mean, the bouquets, they'll have those pictures for, for the forever, you know? So it's really important to me that I, that I do a good job and that my team is successful because these, these aren't just, jobs, their, their life events, you know, a funeral, something like that, that is so important that we'll have a memory for somebody forever. And, and that we get to be in that space is, is really special to me. Yeah. I think that's a good, that's a really cool way to put it of like thinking of it as like life events rather than just these random, like you're going Even people like, like proposing. I had a guy call me on Friday and said, I'm proposing. He just wanted some red roses, but you get a story with every phone call, every order. I mean, sometimes people are telling you about their surgery and you're like, uh, okay, or you're, you know, or they, you're going to a funeral for um, a funeral arrangement. And they're, they're telling you how they died and you're just like, okay. It's, you, you kind of like, you know, you don't think about it, but people, when they call you for orders, it's really for something that means so much to them. If you had 30 to 60 seconds to describe to a complete stranger who came up to you on the side of the street what you do, Hmm. what would you say? I would say first and foremost, I'm a small business owner because that's a whole job in itself, just running payroll and the administrative stuff. 
advertising, that's a job. But then I would say I'm a florist who um, works with flowers and plants and keeps things alive and also delivers special things to people to make them happy. Do you think being a florist is like an underappreciated job? Because I think that now, I don't know, I don't, I don't hear of a lot of florists, but I also don't know much about it. Like I think like my mom went to go get flowers yesterday, but she went to Whole Foods to get flowers. So is it hard to kind of like show people that, you know, there are small businesses that are florists and provide this service rather than going to these, these stores, you know, where people, you're going to the grocery stores. So it's kind of like a two for one. Yeah. Well, it, well, and I will say the people at the grocery stores, the florists that are there, they do just as much work that, that I do, you know, the good ones like Whole Foods or Trader Joe's or whatever there are, you know, you get some places that aren't very good, but I mean, we work holidays, you know, I'm always, you know, when everybody at the corporate world and I worked corporate world, you know, everybody takes off the day before Thanksgiving, you know, nobody works that day. Nobody works on Christmas Eve. Where people are coming, that's when, that's when our, we're busiest because they're off. Everybody's off. So they're coming to the store to get their poinsettias or to get their orders. And I don't think people really realize that florists are there behind the scenes working tirelessly when, you know, other people have the days off and are looking forward to the holidays, that's when we really get going. The day before Thanksgiving, that Wednesday, is usually one of the busiest days of the entire year. Really? Why? Yeah, centerpieces for Thanksgiving, or if you're going to a Thanksgiving and you wanna bring a hostess gift, just things like that. So we, you know, Valentine's Day, Mother's Day, and the day before Thanksgiving are always huge, 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 huge. So how's it been running the actual business side of it then? Because you were talking about like, you know, in your description, like you're a small business owner. So how have you found kind of that transition and doing all of that? The hardest part is keeping employees and keeping good employees. And, you know, we're a small business. We don't have the bandwidth to pay a huge salary. So we're usually getting college kids or just people that want to have a hobby or, you know, do it on the side. So it gets kind of, nobody's going to care about your business like you do. So that's where we had the biggest challenge was getting any of our employees to come back. So for a good two months, it was my husband and I just doing everything until, you know, I, I, I finally got some people that were emailing me like, well, actually I need a job now. So, <laughs> so for a while it was tough, but I would say, Managing the employees is probably the, the hardest part. I think that's probably like a common thread around like small businesses and stuff, which I mean, I feel like once you find like, you probably only need like, you know, one or two other like really good employees. And then after that, like you're, you're not hundred percent set, but you at least have a yeah. firm base and like someone that you can count on rather than like you having to do 5 million tasks all on your own. Right. your husband which- and it's a lot of prep work too i mean just all the behind the scenes you know even making the little cards that go on the arrangements i mean there's just a thousand steps you don't think about before flowers go out the door and so you know people think oh i want to be a florist like that's so fun you work with flowers and then they're up to their knees and 
like thorns and everything else. And they're like, this is hard work. And it is, you're standing all day, you know, other than working with flowers, there's not too many benefits, you know, it's, it's hard, it's labor. What's the average time from kind of like your start, like, I guess, working on the actual arrangements themselves? So, um, like, I could do a bridal bouquet in probably like six minutes. So the thing that takes the most time is the preparation. When the flowers come in, they are packed tightly in a box because they've been shipped from who knows where. So they're packed tightly in the box. Flowers that come in from wholesale have never touched water. They've never touched water. So the life of a flower begins when it touches water. When they, when you get the flowers in, they're all tight. They're brand new. They look dead. If you saw them, if somebody that's not a florist saw these flowers, they'd be like, oh my gosh, these flowers are dead. What happens is you put them in water and after 12 hours, 24 hours, you start to see them kind of open up. And that's, that takes time. Then you have to strip all the leaves off because leaves create bacteria and stuff like that. Then you have to, if there's anything, you know, wrong with the flowers or brownness or anything like that, you have to get those off. Then, like I said, with the recipe, we have to make sure we have enough flowers for that particular either bouquet or arrangement. Then I like to set all the flowers out. So I know I'm, I have the right exact amount with the exact amount of greenery. So that's what takes the longest. Putting it together is just like, you know, it's, it's nothing. But it's all that prep work, that getting in the flowers in. I mean, even breaking down the boxes. We, on, a, on a normal day, we, we have to break down about 40 boxes of flowers. So, you know, it's just all that kind of things that you don't ever think about. It's all that preparation. The actual arranging takes no time at all. Why do they look dead when you first get them? Like, why haven't they been in water? And like, how are they still alive? Yeah, so it's so interesting to see the life of a flower because it's cut. It's cut from the farm. They immediately pack it. Like I said, a rose comes in a pack of 25. They immediately pack it. And then they'll send it to the wholesaler who then puts all those flowers for other people's orders together puts those in a box, then sends it out. It's already started. And then when I sell it to you, it's already four or five days old. I get nine to 11 days out of our flowers. So when I put the flowers in water, then I sell them to you the next day. You still have about 10 days, you know, that you can enjoy those flowers. That's insane. I never would have thought of that. Like I would have thought they would have died. Like there's no way for them to be transported or there's- well, You have to keep them cool. Okay. So that's why we have a bunch of freezers, um, well, freezer, refrigerators. Um, so we keep everything at around 40%, 40 degrees. That stops the growth. So when you keep them cool, you can keep them fresher for longer. Are you big in gardening? I think that would be an interesting correlation. I'm not into gardening. No, it's too much work. And plus, after I work all day here, it's like, I don't have any time to to mess with gardening at my house. And I don't even keep flowers at my house. People come over and they say, where's the flowers? And I'm like, they're at the store. You know, I don't, I just kind of leave it here. What are two pros and two cons to what you do? The major pro is being my own boss. And if I need to do something, I can just do it. I have to ask. Pro is just how it's kind of made my identity and my confidence. I just feel so more empowered 
working for myself rather than taking directions from a corporate office or whatever like that. So the empowerment and just like my self schedule and being free to do whatever I want is definitely the pro. And then the con is just staying up all night wondering, can I pay my bills? Or is there going to be another shutdown? When can we start doing weddings again? I mean, it's just the uncertainty right now has really, really affected me and my family just monetarily. And then just, you know, you work so hard planning a wedding and ordering flowers and doing all that prep work like I talked about. And then to hear about it being canceled or rescheduled is it's just it's unsettling. So that's definitely a con. It's just like worrying about the financials right now in this pandemic. And then the con, another con is just like some employees, you know, that just you just can't you just can't get right with them. I don't know. And so I just hate, I hate being the bad guy. I always try to be like, Hey, you know, I'd prefer if you do it this way. Let me know if you have any questions. I just don't like confrontation. Um, so I I'm, that's a con. I just don't like problems and confrontation, but you always have to settle it and let, let them know what's going on. So that I, that would be a, a con is just confrontation with employee employees. Do you think that's been almost beneficial though? Like, do you not like confrontation like in just life in general? And so like having to do that in this professional setting, like has that helped you in your personal life too? Yeah, I've, I've been a lot more patient because I know that a lot of people that come to work for me are naive and I don't ask for them to have any background in, in it because it's just it's not going to be a career, right? You're just going to be helping me out. So I don't expect anybody to know anything about flowers. So then I have to tell myself, okay, Ashley, if you're going to, you know, have no requirements, you need to be more patient. So I think it's definitely taught me to be more patient with people. And, and over the phone too, I mean, people call and people complain. And when you think you've done a great job, there's always going to be those people. It doesn't matter. They're, they're everywhere. And it could be your fault or it could not be, but I've just learned to deal with confrontation better because at the end of the day it's they they know my number they know my brand they can leave a review there's so many ways to hold me accountable that I I can't flip on people I can't you know write them off I have to totally have that conversation or just take take whatever they have to say to me so it's it's helped me in my personal life for sure do you think that was like a big big struggle kind of at the beginning was like getting used to the fact that you are your brand and you carry it wherever you go and you have to no matter if like you want to hang up the phone because that person's just being terrible you have to like sit there and take it to to some regard yeah i i have stayed up a lot of nights thinking like was this good enough was did they like it did they not like it because you know sometimes you see a bride and you you give them their stuff and you don't hear from them again. So you're wondering, well, did they like it? Are they going to use me again? Um, did they not like it? You know, you're left with all these questions and I've stayed late at night, like, you know, trying to perfect an arrangement because I didn't think it looked good. You know, you just have, you, you hold on to so many of these expectations and you just got to have to let it go because at the end of the day, you're, I'm my worst critic, you know? So I think it's important to have passion about your, about your brand, but not to stress over it too much because it, it could be detrimental also. What's an average day look like for you? Could be either pre-pandemic or mid-pandemic, whichever. I get going at seven. So I usually leave my house around 6.45. 
to get to my wholesale. I go to one wholesale every morning. I get shipments in every day, but then I go to one wholesale every morning just to check out what they have because I like to see the product. I might be getting an order, a special order in for a wedding, but I'll need to have flowers to sell at the store. So I'll go to wholesale every morning around seven, pick up flowers, come to the store and just go ahead and map out my day, kind of take a look at the orders. And then my assistants come in at 10. And at that point, like I said, we've got all these boxes to unpack. So they spend about two hours unpacking flowers and it's even so detailed as to we have to make our own water because we have to mix it with a solution that helps um, hydrate the, it helps with the chemicals that are in the city water. It kind of balances it out for the flowers. So, you know, the girls have to first mix this water. They have to break down boxes. They have to cut, snip the flowers. They have to put them in buckets. You know, then we do usual like routine things. Like I, I make sure that our buckets are always cleaned. You know, certain days of the week, we have different projects. Like, you know, we'll clean the coolers on Tuesdays. We'll clean the buckets on Wednesdays, things like that. So we'll do some housekeeping stuff. And then we'll make the cards to go out for the arrangements. And then by that point, our delivery driver has come through to pick up all the deliveries for the morning. And usually around noon lunch, is when people just start calling and you you see those online orders just kind of start to come through. I don't know why, but it's usually around 12, 11, 12, one o'clock, we'll get a bunch of online orders. So then we'll have to prepare and do all that over again for um, the afternoon deliveries. And then at the end of the day, we have to make sure all the flowers are up in the cooler. So anything, we, we have all of our flowers out during the day so people can come in and see what we have. And at night we put them up in the cooler. So like I said, we're keeping them fresh for the next day. If you had a book written about you, what would the title of the book be? I've never thought about that. Trial and error, because that's really how I, I grew my business was it, because I came from no experience. I had no formal teaching and floristry at all. I watched videos, you know, I would say, Ooh, I, I would see something in a wedding, like a girl holding a flower ball. And I would be like, I wonder how they did that. I want to do that. So I would watch a video. And so I can do that now, but I would just say like trial and error, because that was the only way I would ever learn anything. I, I remember this one big event for the Harvey Gantt center. And I went back and some of the arrangements, the hydrangeas had, wilted they had died and it was at the end so I mean nobody noticed but it was because I I didn't do something you know so it was because I didn't do something right and I learned so that's the only way I've been able to grow my business is from learning from those mistakes because I had I didn't get any formal training what's the traditional route for like what would formal training look like then. So there's a lot of not institutions but cert- certifications that you can get in floristry that kind of show you, and to me it's outdated, some of these arrangements that you see on like the 1-800-Flowers and those kind of, those kind of like typical arrangements. So there are a few certifications to be like a certified florist in North Carolina, but then I do a lot of workshops with my wholesale. My wholesaler offers workshops, so they'll have like famous florists come in from, I just went to one with a, a lady from Hawaii 
And it's kind of cool to see how, you know, in Hawaii, they do a lot of like plays and they do a lot of like the orchid flower crowns and stuff like that. So I like to see what other regions are doing so I can kind of incorporate it here. But there are like formal certifications to get. But like I said, I just have always thought that they were really outdated. Like outdated in the sense of, you know, they're their teaching methods or just like the ways like they're not incorporating a bunch of different styles into how they make their arrangements yeah and then a lot of it is a lot of a lot of introductory stuff on showing you what kind of products you can use and the mechanic you know you see these big installations and um arbors for weddings and things like that and that's that's an installation so it's good to learn like about that kind of stuff but like I said, you can easily Google, or a lot of times I ask my wholesaler because they have the most experience and they talk to florists every day. I, I know I needed to learn how to do something. I was gonna try to use a poinsettia as a cut flower instead of a plant. And I said, have you, have you, have you ever done this? Or do you know a florist that has done this? And you know, then I can bounce feedback back off of them because they're, they're in touch with florists all day because they're the wholesaler. So I can get a lot of information from, from my wholesaler. And also I'm in a network of florists in Charlotte. There's a lot of florists and we all work together, especially last year when we had a wedding every single weekend and a bride would call me and say, Hey, I know it's last minute, but I'm getting married next month. Do you have any availability? And I would say, no, I don't, but call this person or this person. So we all kind of use each other as a network. If you had 24 hours to live, unlimited money and can travel anywhere at the snap of your fingers and bring whoever you wanted with you, what would you do? Well, I'd love to go to Mount Rushmore. I've never been there. And I, I'd take my brother because he's kind of like my best friend. Would Ashley at 8, 10, 12, you know, whatever age you want to pick kind of in that range or so, would she be happy with where you are now and what you're doing? Yeah, I think I would. I was a classic trained ballet dancer as a child until I was 18. And so there was always that artistic kind of kind of urge inside me. And so, yeah, I mean, I had no idea I was going to be doing this at that age, but I think looking back, yeah, I, I would be pretty, pretty jazzed that I was doing something on my own and that it was artistic. What do you want to accomplish either personally, professionally, both in the next six to 12 months? I would love to... Maybe this is too much information, but I really would love to get pregnant. My husband and I have been trying, or not really like trying, 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 like, you know, people like track ovulation and stuff like that. Not, not like that, but I'm seeing all my friends having babies and I'm just like, okay, now it's time. I think I, I really want to transition into a kind of new role as a mom and maybe have a more secure sense of ability with my business, with my employees, and in, in, in a way that, that I don't have to be here as much. So I'd really like to focus on a career that's more employee-driven instead of me so much, so I can have time to do things and start a family. My two takeaways from my conversation with Ashley are, first, Sometimes you need other people to help awaken parts of you and push you in the direction you were supposed to go in, but needed that extra little help and encouragement to go that way. 
And the second is the power of good employees, not only for your own personal sanity if you're a boss, but also for the sake of the business and allowing it to succeed as best as it can. 